Today on Calm Talk, we're talking about Red Rooster, the Golden Age superhero. Rogue signal intercepted. Signal designation. Bees, views, and reviews. Signal host. Branson Boykin. Initiating Calm Talk. Episode number 079. Hey guys, welcome to Bees, Views, and Reviews, the podcast that promotes faith-based, family-friendly comics and the creators that make them. Brought to you by Geek Devotions, the show by devoted geeks who are devoted to letting you know that you are loved. I'm Branson, and today I'm excited to introduce you to a brand new superhero by the name of the Red Rooster. Now, I know that sounds a little odd. (laughs) It did to me at first. I'm like, this dude's literally named after a chicken. What's (laughs) what's the deal? Chicken but <laughs> chicken man, but I, uh, I actually, I, I picked it up and, and looked into it, got really interested in it. So I'm excited to share with you about it today. Let me give you a little bit of background about how I came to hear about the red rooster. I was shopping at Walmart of all places, uh, just getting groceries and things like that. And you know, whenever my wife sends me to shop at Walmart, somehow I always end up in the electronics section. I mean, there could not be a single electronic thing on the list, but I'm still going to end up there. And I wandered into the book section and I see a display with four different comic books on it. And I'm thinking, okay, this is interesting, but they're people that I've never heard of before. This isn't Marvel. This isn't DC. It's not Image. It's legitimate, real, new comics at Walmart. And I'm thinking, what? So I look and there's this book called The Red Rooster. And it's got this guy. He looks like he looks like Batman raised on a farm. Uh, for those of you who... Who, uh, let me show you, for those of you who are watching, this is the cover that I saw. For those of you who are listening, he's basically, he's dressed like this old school pro wrestler. He's got these red shorts on. And he's got this long flowing red cape and a mask that looks kind of like Batman, but it's white. And instead of pointy ears, he has this red mohawk thing going on top of him. And he's called the Red Rooster. I mean, it's like, it's like imagine if Bruce Wayne wasn't raised in Wayne Manor. He was raised at Wayne Farms. <laughs> you, you know, you know. I will take on the symbol of the rooster to strike fear, which actually would have worked because I'm terrified of roosters when they get mad at you. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, I'm sitting here looking through it and I'm reading the story. And I'm like, okay, odd name aside, this is actually very, very entertaining. So I pick it up and I start flipping through it and I'm calling my wife and saying, hey, babe, look, there, there's... There's new comics at Walmart, and they look really, really cool. And because she loves me so much, she said, all right, we'll pick them up, bring them home. And so I did, and I, I'm so excited about the chance to, to share this story with you. Uh, let me read you a little blurb that, uh, that talks about what Red Rooster is about. It says, for centuries, the venerable mantle of the Red Rooster passed from generation to generation, battling the most ancient and pernicious evils. Frank Cooper found himself donning the cape and cow at the dawn of mass media. Motion pictures and radio plays catapulted the once secretive order of the dawn into the spotlight of celebrity, potentially to catastrophic effect, a risk we all navigate in the era of social media. So right off the bat, I'm thinking, okay, this book has a neat message. It's warning, warning about the dangers of trying to seek popularity, but it's interesting that it's not doing it in an age of the Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and all that. It's doing it at the, the age when radio drama was becoming a popular thing. And these movie serials, a, a, a medium that honestly, a lot of superheroes got their start, you know, a, after they uh, left comic books, you know, the, the old Batman serials and the old Superman serials. So it was really interesting. So I, I open it up and I start reading it. And uh, the, the story is, is uh, the art in the story is done by Mitch Breitweiser. And if I'm butchering your name, I'm so sorry. 
And the script is written by Mark Pellegrini. And uh, as I'm reading through here, it, it felt like an amalgam of a lot of different things put together. Uh, first off, it takes off in the night, takes place in the 1930s. So it has this whole rocketeer vibe to it. Like, you know, it, it's the, the, the costumes aren't spandex. They're, they're, you know, kind of like, they look like actual clothing. The, the, the technology is, is old motorcycles and, 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 you know, cars that you got to crank the front to get it going, you know, that kind of thing. Um, the relationship between Red Rooster and he has this sidekick named Strong Boy. And uh, Strong Boy is about a foot and a head, half taller than him and built, I mean, like a monster. But the way that they relate with each other, it actually reminded me a lot of Captain America and Bucky from the 1940s. It, it had that whole master-apprentice relationship. Uh, the Red Rooster has a motto that he says. It sounds an awful lot like the Green Lantern Oath. Uh, so, so it has that going for it. And also just the fact that there's no real superpowers in the story. All the characters are normal human beings with maybe one or two little oddities, but they're in these costumes doing these things. And so it gave it this whole Watchmen feel without Dr. Manhattan. Like it was a whole bunch of normal people in costumes doing things. So the story felt very, very familiar in a lot of ways, even though it was a brand new story. And it was a familiarity that I really enjoyed and I really embraced. It was, it was really interesting. There's a, there's a scene where the, the villains of the story are gathering together. They meet on this train and I couldn't help but just go back to my youth in the days of Saturday morning cartoons. I could see the Legion of Doom's headquarters rising out of the swamp. I mean, the only difference here was they were on a train, but it had that feel of, you know, the who's who of the evil guys getting together and talking about how will we take down the Red Rooster. Maybe not quite that campy, but you know what I mean. So it, it it's a superhero story that has so much about it that feels familiar in a very good way. It wasn't tired. It wasn't overdone, but I could see elements of other heroes in the book that I really, really appreciated as far as the artwork. And for those of you watching, I'll let you kind of take a quick little peek at it right here, but just describing the artwork, what I found interesting about it was it looks like actual artwork. I mean, this day and age, digital art is, is a thing that it has this very sanitized, polished look to it. But these pages, they look like they've been painted. Like I, I expect to be able to go somewhere and see a Bristol board mounted in someone's house with this actual artwork on it. It has a, a realistic view feel to it. Maybe not quite so much to the extent of like Alex Ross, who, who, you know, his, his paintings look like photographs, but, but it has that real feel to it. Mitch Breitweiser is the artist for the story. And he's able to give it this sense that I almost see him with literal paints doing it. Now I've watched a few of his uh, live shows and he does, he uses digital tools but he uses it in such a way that it has this realistic feel to it. Like, I feel like I could purchase a page of original artwork from his comic. So it, and it's refreshing, you know, in this day and age of, of digitization and everything, sometimes it's nice to see something that looks like it was really painted, like it was really drawn. So it, and I think that goes in line great with the fact that this is a story that takes place in the 1930s. It feels old. It feels original. It, it feels like I could have picked up this story in the 1930s, you know? So it's, it's really, really great. As far as the story goes, um, uh, it make I don't want to be too spoilerish here. So I'm just going to touch on a couple of things. The story opens up a little bit in the future. Like, like when we first meet the red rooster, he's not in costume. He's, uh, he, he's not even calling himself the red rooster. He's just going by Frank. Uh, but you have this sort of mournful 
tone. Like he, he's, he's doing some stuff that you just kind of start off the book kind of sad. You're feeling bad for him. And then we have this flashback where we see how he is back when he is the red rooster and he is wearing the cape and the cowl and he is going and fighting things. And what it does, I feel like for the story, because it's taking place in the 1930s and because it's, it's the golden age of superheroes. Okay. This is when people like Superman or the, you know, they fight for truth, justice of the American way. So they're kind of revered as these icons of, 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 of morality and people are excited to see them. And I feel like walking into the story, knowing that things don't necessarily turn out well, walking into the story, knowing that this golden age that they seem to be living in isn't going to last. It kind of helps to make the human, the, the, the superheroes feel a little bit more relatable, a little bit more human. Uh, because red rooster is, is like the bastion of, of, of morality in this story. He's the guy that always says the right thing, does the right thing. He, he's like Captain America out of time. He, he finds things that everyone thinks are popular kind of distasteful. And uh, so I, I feel like knowing that things don't work out well for him in the end kind of makes him more relatable. And so I, I appreciate that plot device in that regard. I know it's, it's kind of a trope uh, sometimes to, to start out and say, this, there's this really dramatic thing, and now we're going to flash back. But I feel like it actually helps the story put us in a place where we're constantly wondering, oh, this, what's going to happen? It also helps when the villains are introduced and they start talking about their plan. It helps to know that, oh my gosh, they're planning this, and, and maybe to some extent they're going to be successful because we know right off the bat, Red Rooster's not a happy guy in the end. So it it adds this sense of impending doom when they do gather on that train and they are having their discussions, knowing that they're partially going to be able to be successful. I mean, it's, it's like it's like watching the Titanic, a movie about the Titanic, knowing how it ends. And when you see it ship off and all of its splendor and all of its glory, thinking, oh, this I just know it's going to end bad. And you feel kind of mournful about it. This does the exact same thing. Um, there's also uh, his conversation with with his uh, sidekick, Strong Boy. Strong Boy, he's acts one way when he's in front of a camera, and acts a completely different way off camera, and it gives you this sense that he's going to become a prodigal son of sorts. Like there, there's, I feel it that in reading the story, there's going to be some point where Red Rooster and Strong Boy are going to have a, a division. They're going to have a difference of opinion that they will not be able to reconcile. So, so there's this whole issue with that. Um, also, just the let me look at my little talking points here. Uh, this is live. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's my first podcast. I'm still getting used to that. It's all good. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah. So just just that sense of uh, the of of impending doom makes it less campy, uh, makes it less, I am the superhero and I'm here to save the day. Uh, I mentioned before that it has kind of a watchman feel to it. When we meet Red Rooster, he's actually recording an advertisement for a certain type of cola can. And so so he's using his, his notoriety as, as a superhero to help people sell products. And he, you can see the, in the way he talks with the directors, he's not exactly happy about it. But he and the other superheroes that he works with have kind of adopted this role of, I'm going to go fight crime and also sponsor this product. And they have this conversation that gives it a very Watchmen feel. I remember when I first read The Watchmen, you know, talking about the, the heroes, they kind of 
bought into the the system that they were in. They weren't a part of the system. They were helping feed the system. And that's kind of the feeling you get here. You know, there's this whole sense of, of they're, they're using their fame to help sell stuff. And, and Red Rooster, it doesn't sit well with him. He, he doesn't like it. So you already feel this kind of, this sense that he's, he's, he's not like everyone else. Um, so anyhow, let's talk about the content for a little bit. Because one of the big things about this podcast is that we wanted to talk about faith-based and family-friendly. And so to what extent is Red Rooster family-friendly? Um, there, there are uh, situations where you, know, you have to deal with death. There are a couple of alcohol references. And some of the fighting, while bloodless, can be a little bit brutal. Red, Red Rooster, he knows how to handle his fists. And it shows in some of the fights. So it pushes the viewpoint towards a little bit of an older audience. Uh, Allegiance Arts, the guys that made this, they rated it at T for teen. Myself, personally, I'd probably be okay with someone about 10 years old, maybe. Uh, so I don't think you necessarily have to be all the way at 13. Uh, probably not okay for a seven-year-old uh, just because of, of, of the fighting and things like that. But ultimately, that's going to be up to the parents. But there, there is some alcohol references. Uh, Strong Boy gets mad that he, he orders a beer and he is given a root beer and he's getting sick of root beer. He wants the real stuff. Uh, I'm pretty sure strong boy is, is of age though. He looks like he's an adult, so I'm not promoting underage drinking by any means. Um, as far as like the costumes and stuff, uh, there is a reference to pinups, but it's just a reference. Nothing is shown, uh, for your kids. If they don't know what pinups are, that reference is going to go completely over their head. Uh, as far as the costumes go, they are indicative of the genre. These are superhero costumes. That being said, they are far more modest than anything you'd see on the shelves today. Um, there is a female character. Her name is Midnight, but as far as I'm concerned, her costume is very tasteful. It's not too revealing. Uh, so if you're worried about that reference, I feel like it's pretty safe. But again, ultimately, that's going to be up for you. Like I said, Allegiance Arts rates it T for teen. I feel like you can maybe go a little bit younger than that. But uh, as always, that's going to be up to up to the parents to decide. Anyhow, uh, I'm so excited uh, for Red Rooster. I'm excited to read issue two. I haven't quite gotten issue two yet. Excuse me. But uh, if you want to ch- purchase Red Rooster, here's the best part about this. Chances are it is available at your local Walmart. You don't have to go to a fancy website to get it. It is already available on the shelves. All you have to do is go and buy it. Now, I will point out, if you buy it from Walmart, it's going to have a price sticker on it. And that, that's been an issue for some people because they get these to collect and having a price sticker on it damages the book a little bit. Personally, that's not an issue with me. I buy comics to read them. <laughs> you know, uh, if, if I if I buy one that I want to specifically put in a bag and board and, and preserve, I buy two of them, one so I can read and one so I can preserve because uh, I kind of go by Dan Slotsfield. The best comics are the ones that are read so many times that the covers fall off because, you know, those are the ones that are most enjoyed. So, uh, so if that's an issue with you, you may want to order it online. You can order it through walmart.com. You can also go to allegiancearts.com and order their books there. They also have great digital packages. They have four titles. We're going to be looking over all those titles, but they have four titles. You can buy them in a bundle, or if you want a physical copy and you order through online, it should come without the price tag. But if you don't care about the price tag, you can go to Walmart right now and pick them up. Just go to the to where they keep the books and things, and they'll have them lined up there. So that is it for Red Rooster, written uh, by Pellegrini, an art and story by Mitch Breitweiser. Check it out. Uh, and let me know what you think. You know, if, if you think that uh, you really think, wow, this is really cool, you maybe uh, see some stuff that you want to do, let me know. Uh, but that's that's uh, that's our first 
thing for the day. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Make sure you catch us on your favorite podcast catchers. Also leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts so that we can get our name out there and let people know that we're here. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Next month, we are going to be talking about Bass Reeves, a story that is actually based on a real life person. So I'll be excited to talk to you about that. Make sure and follow us on all social media. Just look for Geek Devotions. You can also check us out at geekdevotions.com. Until next time, stay devoted. Peace and love.